climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. This is a show where we lift up the voices of young people and ask them to share how they're using their ideas, their creativity, and their passion to shape a better world. And we showcase those amazing educators and nonprofit organizations who are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. I'm really excited tonight. I get to welcome Lucia Colwell um, to the to the show as my co-host. So uh, we call her Lucy at NYLC. So Lucy is a junior at Polytechnic School in Pasadena, California. Um, she participates in all sorts of activities from newspaper, school musical and play, ethics bowls, so many other things. Um, she's been involved in political activism um, since she helped organize a March for Our Lives protest in middle school. Think about that, middle schooler organizing um, March for Our Lives protest. Um, she interns for Social Justice Initiative um, at a local theater company, and she's on NYLC's Youth Advisory Council. So, Lucy, thank you so much for co-hosting with me today. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show with you. We have some amazing guests today joining us to talk about the incredible work that they're doing to address the global water crisis. Coming from Southern California, I often hear conversations about drought, but it can be hard for Californians like me to imagine situations where people don't have access to safe, clean drinking water or water facilities. But with the ongoing global water crisis, it's so important for us to start to see something that we take so much for granted as a fundamental human right and to learn what we can do to help. But I'm no expert, so let's meet today's guests. Joining us are Doug Nimala the executive director of H2O for Life, Steve Hall, H2O's director of global partnerships and operations. And with them is Mabel Byrne, the sister of Ella Byrne, who's the creator of Sisters for Water. So welcome to the show, everyone. Before we dive into the amazing work that each of you are doing, we would love for you to introduce yourselves to our listeners. Can you each share a little bit more about you? Let's start with Doug. Uh, thank you, Lucia. Um, again, my name is Doug Nimala. So very excited to have you uh, to be on the show today. Um, so I'm calling in from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, I have a very excited to be the executive director here at H2O for Life. I had the opportunity to join the team uh, last April, um, coming from a long history of nonprofit executive work um, around conservation issues, the environment. Uh, and really just completing my love of water um, here at H2O for Life. And also kind of making this a, a bit of a, a return voyage uh, back home as the organization was founded uh, in my hometown of White Bear Lake, Minnesota. Uh, in fact, I graduated from high school with the daughter of the founder, uh, Patty. So very exciting uh, to be a part of a hometown team that's doing such amazing work on a global scale. Wow, we're so excited to have you, Doug. Steve, can you introduce yourself? 
Yes. Hello. Um, uh, like Doug, I'm super excited that we've been asked to to be, you know, we've been included in this. Um, I'm the director of global operations and, and global partnerships with for H2O for Life. I've been with the organization for about 13 years. So pretty much since the beginning, H2O for Life is, is going on 14 years old right now. Um, I manage the relationships with our global partners who are the ones who are implementing the wash and schools projects around the around the world that we support. Um, I should I should tell you that I'll I'll probably use wash and schools a little bit tonight. And um, wash stands for water, sanitation, and hygiene education. Um, and the projects that we that we support typically consist of all three of those: some type of safe water source, wells, water catchments, piped water some sort of dignified bathroom that can be that can be installed at the school or ventilated latrine with a hand washing facility um, and the addition of programs in the global schools to educate them about proper hygiene practices. Um, like I mentioned, most of the work uh, we help support is at schools around the world, which is awesome because it's so important to ensure the opportunity for these kids to be able to go to school and get a proper education. Without bathrooms, safe water, um, and and proper hygiene resources, um, these kids are 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 typically forced to spend many hours outside of school, in search of those things. Um, so again, very excited to be here, and uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Steve, and I can't wait to hear more about all of the amazing things you talked about as we continue with our show. Uh, now, let's go on to Mabel. Can you introduce yourself? Hello, I am Mabel Byrne. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am a seventh grader in NYC. I have been working with H2O for Life along with my sister since 2016. I am an actor, artist, and activist. My sister sends her love from working on a TV show as she is studying filmmaking. And so the whole family kind of shares that love of film and theater and how that can inspire change throughout activism as well, which is very cool how that whole community comes together. And um, before teaming up with h 2 for Life, we chose water or human rights organizations from many places across the world to donate to. And we are just so happy to be here. We have been doing charity work works and been with H2O for life for years now. And we are so happy to have that community with them. So thank you. Thank you so much, Mabel. It's crazy to hear about how you're only in seventh grade now and you've been working since 2016, which is like six years ago. So you've been doing this since you were in first or second grade. This is incredible, and we're so happy to have you on the show. So to begin, uh, I'd like to ask Doug to tell us a little bit more about H2O for Life. So can you just talk a little bit about what's your mission and what do you guys do? Yeah. Um, thank you. I mean, obviously, and then thank Mabel and Steve for joining me on this as well. Um, put simply, H2O for Life has a vision, and that vision is that every school in the world has access to clean water in our lifetime. Um, and we do that and we strive to accomplish that uh, by offering service learning opportunities designed to engage, educate, and inspire young people uh, to take the action to solve that global water crisis um, through raising awareness and funds 
to support the implementation 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 ooh, uh, of water sanitation and hygiene education, as Steve mentioned, the WASH uh, projects for global partner schools. So really, what it boils down to is we love what we try to do is we get folks in schools here in the U.S. and Canada and get them inspired, educate them about what's going on in the world. Lucia, as you mentioned, being in California um, and, you know, having access to clean water, you know, is kind of a birthright, right? Especially here in Minnesota, uh, something that we really do take for granted. And then educating those kids at a young age uh, about that that's not everybody's reality. Um, for most of the world, you know, access to water is something that they have to strive for, uh, fight for, and, and a lot of conflict comes out of it. And so when we educate those young people, we don't just want to tell them about the issue. We also want to give them, you know, help them find ways to make those solutions. And that's where the service learning uh, side of this really comes in. And so um, we love to partner schools uh, here in the U.S. and Canada with schools in need around the world. Um, one of the important things about what we do, though, is we are not prescriptive uh, in the solutions for those schools. We work with those communities to, to help define the needs. Um, we're not going to go in and say every school needs a well and every school needs, you know, a, a latrine or a, a bathroom or things like that. We're going to listen to those schools, um, hear from them and work with their local communities uh, to come up with the solutions that are right for them uh, and to include them in that process is very, very important to how we how we operate and the work that we do. This is Amy. I appreciate so much, Doug, that how you talk about service learning and that reciprocal partnership and um, how you support, you're supporting teachers. And so I want to ask Steve to share more about what that looks like in schools. Like, how are you engaging teachers in the H2O for Life programs? And what are you seeing as the impacts coming out of their classrooms? Um, yeah, so uh, just kind of, you know, this is going to kind of build on what Doug was talking about, but um, we have all sorts of educational resources that teachers can use in the classroom, lesson plans, PowerPoints, videos, etc., um, to educate their students about the global water crisis and just, just water issues even maybe in their own communities. Um, the idea being that once our youth are made aware of the issues and obstacles, especially globally, and, and the obstacles their peers in other parts of the world face on a daily basis, just to simply get a drink of water, their response is, what are we going to do about it? Or how can we help? Well, H2O for Life gives these students the opportunity to take action, to take action by choosing to support one of our global partner schools in need of a WASH intervention. Um, we found that students, um, they take these ideas and run with them. Um, they, they come up with ideas and plan events to raise funds. Uh, they have organized walks for water. They've sold wristbands, note cards, t-shirts. They've held hat days, dances, pizza parties, and honestly just simply asked family and friends for donations uh, to their project. Even during the pandemic, um, we found that our students have, have found ways to step up and continue with virtual walks for water, Zoom bingo, Zoom trivia, um, and, and kind of some other creative, uh, you know, socially distanced events that they can come up with. Um, I pulled a few quotes from some of my favorite quotes over the last few years from some of our teachers. 
who have participated that really speak to me. Um, and I just kind of love what they had to say. Um, Chris Heffernan, a teacher at Jefferson Junior High in Illinois. Working with 12 and 13-year-olds every day, I realize that contrary to popular opinion, these kids aren't the problem with society. They are the solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another teacher from Guyon Creek Middle School in Indiana said, the students here have become international thinkers and developed a belief that they can change the world. Um, Giving, giving our, hearing these stories about our students realizing that they can make a difference in the world is, is just uh, so powerful to us. Those are really amazing quotes. And um, yeah, when teachers have the opportunity to bring service learning, like um, the programming h 204 for Life is offering, when they have that opportunity to bring it into the classroom, it is remarkable, right? That the change we see in young people, the change we see in teachers, the change we see in community, um, and just the power of that. So, um, yeah, amazing quotes. Okay, it's time for break one. Sorry, guys, we're, we have to take a short pause. So um, we're going to just put a pin on the conversation for a few minutes, and then we'll come back and continue our conversation with H2O for Life and Sisters for Water. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice American Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit NYLC.org to learn more today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to the power of young people to change the world with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us, we're having a great conversation with our friends at H2O for Life and Mabel from Sisters for Water. Um, I'm here today with my amazing co-host, Lucy. She's a member of NYLC's Youth Advisory Council. So, Lucy, I just want to thank you again for being here with me today. And I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you jump back in with your questions. 
Thank you so much for having me today, Amy. So we just heard some amazing things about H2O for Life, and now we're going to hear from Mabel about another incredible organization that's working to find solutions for the global water crisis. So Mabel, could you tell me about Sisters for Water? What is it? What do you guys do? Hi, Lucia. Um, Well, my sister and I are artists and activists devoted to changing the world one pot holder at a time. This is our 13 year weaving pot holders. And it's been, I don't know, it's been about five, six years working with H2O for life. And every penny that we make from the lemonade and the brownies we sell at the stands on Nantucket, Massachusetts, to the pot holders, the small size and large sizes, all of it goes to H2O for the le- H2O for life and the projects that we choose. And all the polyters are 100% cotton and they are entirely made in the USA. And this summer we raised 2000, almost $3,000 for water projects for families of the Navajo nation of New Mexico. Our newest goal is to provide piped water for one home in Appalachia Communities in parts of rural Appalachia face three three key water challenges, lack of household water access, poor water quality, and lack of wastewater services. It spans 420 counties across 13 states, from southern New York to northern Alabama, and is home to approximately 25 million residents. According to the Economic Innovation Group's Distressed Community Index, McDowell County in West Virginia has the highest level of distress of any country in the United States, with an index value of 100 on a scale of 1 to 100. <laughs> wow. I love especially how you just talked about the connection between art and activism and the incredible and creative solutions that you found and how much information you just gave us about what you guys do. That's amazing. Uh, So you guys have been doing this for a really long time, it sounds like, um, and you've been really passionate about this issue. So can you tell us what impacts that you've, you've been seeing from your service? Well, at the beginning of our H2O for Life journey in 2016, we started projects that our goal was about like 100, 200, 300. Until now, about five years later, six years later, we had, like you said, we raised $3,000. And that was with the help of everybody in H2O for Life and the inspiration of Katie Spots that she gave us in the beginning of our water journey when we saw her speak. And um, so we have raised over 13 years twenty thousand dollars and for h2o for life seventeen thousand dollars we have raised money for places like india haiti nicaragua malawi ethiopia uganda kenya new mexico and now west virginia and that was thanks to lauren brock of the toy boat for hosting all of our summer craft sales every year and h2o for life for being our connection to the communities we serve and also another fact is that we were the keynote speakers to the H2O for Life water ball in 2018, only two years later after working, after starting our work with H2O for Life. So it shows how much just the start of doing something can, can bring so much change and community and bring people together. 
That's amazing, Mabel. This is Amy. Um, I love it's amazing the commitment that you guys have had and the impacts are so powerful. And so I want to turn back to Doug um, because you're using a service learning model. And so I would really love to just take a little bit of a deep dive because obviously I know Mabel's talking about this amazing action that they've taken, but can you share more about how service learning is supporting um, the programming at H2O? Yeah, I mean, quite simply, uh, service learning is what we do. Um, you know, it is the basis, the bedrock of our of the outreach and the work that we do in schools. It is all uh, based on the the IPARD model. Uh, I might have to have you run through exactly what the IPARD is because I don't yeah. have that in my notes. Uh, <laughs> Let's do know. a quick. We'll do a quick one for for everybody listening. So IPARD, yes. it's the student process of service learning. So it's investigation, planning, and preparation, action, reflection, and demonstration. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just listening to Mabel uh, talk about it, that you just heard all of that in what she just talked about, the investigation and implementation, all of this reflection and demonstration. Um, it's all right there. And it's really so key uh, to what we do. You know, when we started as an organization and were founded, um, our founder, Patty, uh, had been on a vacation in um, Africa and was reached out to by a community she had visited there about um, uh, the help they needed with a water project. And she decided to take that moment and use this as a teachable moment as the great middle school teacher that she she is. And um, using the service learning model uh, inspired her entire school to get behind uh, this project and worked with her, her class and the middle schoolers that she was working with, but then you know, broaden it out to their entire school um, to make that influence happen. And we've really, you know, that is what we do. Um, we offer everything, you know, from a full curriculum uh, called the Water Guardians, which is a five-step program that you can find uh, on our website and download and just plug and play and use that entire piece. Or teachers can come and and, and students can find different little chunks and, and lesson plans and, and projects and things like that uh, to suit their needs. So we like to offer everything. Uh, we have two program staff who are dedicated that will come into a classroom uh, and work with young people and students and do science, um, hard science experiments and, you know, work with them learning different, you know, the science of water, what's happening in the different areas. And then we have our, our social sciences as well and learning, you know, about writing letters about water crisis and the efforts going on and taking action in our local communities uh, as well. So we love to work um, with our different uh, educators around the country, but really focusing on our students. And we also have a very new program we just kicked off um, that's really getting to the heart of this service learning model as well, uh, fellowship program uh, for high school students um, that we are, we just started uh, a couple of weeks ago and our first cohort just kicked off and is very, very excited about that, but we'll have lots more of that to come. So that's awesome. I love so everything that you just talked about. So Mabel and her sister are a perfect example of how this connects to the arts, right? So I mean, um, creating these potholders is an artistic art form. Um, you talked about the sciences, right? It goes into it can be in part of your science class. It can be part of an English writing class. I mean, there's so many ways to incorporate this in and then take action on water. So um, 
I love the, the, how you're Absolutely. using the service learning model and how it just can cor- connect across multiple disciplines. So um, thanks for sharing that. I also, we've talked a lot about the teachers and the students. And so Steve, I'm going to come to you. So you, you guys has, have amazing community partners, NGOs, um, on the ground people all over. Um, I would love to hear kind of how you connect with them and what that looks like for, for, um, for H2O. Um, yes. Yes. So, um, you may have gathered, there's been some, some hints to it that um, H2O for Life is not a wash in schools project implementer, meaning we're not at all these locations around the globe, drilling wells, building bathrooms, installing water tanks. Um, that's where our global partnerships come into play. Um, we have dozens uh, over the years have had dozens of NGO partners who are already in these areas doing this great work. Um, so we partner with these other organizations, um, many of which are U.S. based, but they they typically, almost all of them have teams located around the world who are carrying out this work. Those teams um, always seem to be employed by many of the local people in the communities where they're doing the work, um, which is super important. Um, this gives the communities the work is being done in a sense of ownership of these projects that are being done. Um, it gives them a sense of, of pride that they were, that they helped and that they were involved and they maybe helped provide labor and local materials. And they weren't just given these things. Um, that certainly leads to these projects being more, more of a long-term success rather than just kind of putting a bandaid on a, on a, on an issue or situation. Um, the NGO partners that we work with have found that they can't just go into these areas, drill a well, and then move on to the next community. Um, they're in these communities. They, they, they have a presence there. They're recognized. Um, they, live, they live there many times. And uh, they're there to answer questions when needed, to train the community leaders on how to maintain and possibly fix, if there's a problem, some of the components of these systems that are installed. Um, and it just really, that, that community involvement leads to these being sustainable long-term projects that are, that are going to help, help these, these areas for years to come. That's wonderful. Um, I mean, the, the reciprocal partnership piece that that on the ground um, is so important. And I love how you talked about, you know, they're, they're engaging the local community so that they have ownership over this, right? So they're learning how to run it, how to fix it, that it's theirs. It's not just something done onto them, that this is, this is their system. It's, it's their access to water so that, um, that they have that ownership and, yeah, that's a brilliant part of your model. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, another quick thing I wanted to add was that along with these partnerships, um, we have an agreement with all of our NGOs that they will match our youth dollars, dollar for dollar. So, which is great. Um, schools and groups, youth groups like Ellen, Mabel, Sisters for Water, their dollars that they raise are being matched by our implementing partners. That's wonderful too. Then there's an investment by the NGOs then as well. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That's great. 
We do have to take another quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation um, with our guests from H2O for Life and Sisters for Water. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back, everyone. Today, we're having just an amazing conversation with Doug, Steve, and Mabel, who are all tackling the global water crisis. And I'm also here with Lucy, my co-host for today's show. And so I'm going to toss it over to Lucy um, to continue our great conversation. Thank you so much, Amy. So throughout today's program, our guest Mabel has been telling us about her incredible work with Sisters for Water. So Mabel, we've seen the powerful impacts of your work, but could you tell us a bit about what you've learned about yourself through this experience? Well, yeah, Lucy. Um, Well, one thing that I've learned is that when you start some kind of change or you are inspired by one person and for me and for my sister that was Katie Spots she really inspired us to just start to do something and for us it was arts and crafts and as you can see that has grown into something much more than just pot holders and brownies and lemonade and another thing that I've realized is how much we use water throughout our everyday life. So like when you take a shower, you take, let's say a 10 minute shower and I'm guilty of, you know, staying in there, you know, singing on the radio a little too long. But when we say, oh, like we shrug it off, we don't realize how much water we're really using and how privileged we are to have that opportunity to take a bath or to wash our hands for 20 seconds. And throughout COVID, that is what has been so essential for our survival. It's washing our hands, Um, going home after a long day's work, especially for um, 
especially for doctors, they have to go home, they have to wash, they have to do all this stuff in order to stay there and stay, keep working. So throughout COVID, this pandemic, the lockdown, water's been so important. And as H2O for Life says, water changes everything. So when water becomes when water comes into a situation, you realize how privileged we are to really have a faucet at home that runs with hot water and cold water and how lucky we are to have latrines, bathrooms and clean water that we can drink because a, a person can't go more than a couple of days without water. Um, and so it's just so important that we realize how much we use water in our everyday lives, how much we can cut off from our water usage in order to let, in order to prevent um, water from being shut down in your building, which can happen. And so, yeah, it just to really understand how much water is part of your life and it's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Mabel. I mean, I too have had my fair share of shower concerts, definitely. But yeah, you're right. It's something that, you know, in a privileged environment, we're not consciously thinking about our water usage. And we don't really think about how, you know, helping to mitigate the water crisis could really protect communities. So on that community note, uh, can you tell us a little bit what you learned about the community that you served while doing your projects? Well, yeah, we see the direct impact um, of the money that we raise through letters and photos from the places that we uh, set our projects in. H2 for Life connects us to those communities we serve. And we are just so grateful to be able to spread the word of H2 for Life across the world and be able to see what impact we're having on everyday lives. It's, it's really humbling, which is amazing. And H2 for Life connects us to the students in school as well that we help serve. We realize how much education is important and it, it, it's also uh, quite strange to learn about because when water isn't accessible to schools, the schools have to shut down. If there isn't bathrooms, if there aren't water, if there aren't water fountains, if the lunches, if the school lunches aren't being, be, are, <laughs> if they're not able to make school lunches, which relies on water so much, schools will be shut down and menstruations menstruation uh, supplies and is also just so important for girls to be able to go to school without having to worry about anything that is happening with their bodies. And everybody needs water. It doesn't really matter whether you use it to wash your hands, go to the bathroom, take a shower, use it to cook a meal. It Everybody needs it because you need to stay alive with it. And we also on our website, we take orders. We, we have had people order like 20 powders before, and we are so grateful to have somebody not, I mean, of course, powders are nice for your kitchen, you know, they're like color coding and aesthetic. It's very cute. But when people order that much, it, it's just, it's so humbling that people really get what we're trying to change in the world to help people have water everywhere. And that is so important. 
Yeah. Wow. This has been so eye-opening for me. I didn't even think about uh, how schools can get shut down because of lack of access to clean water um, or women's access to sanitary products. Thank you for bringing in that issue because that's another huge social issue that's definitely tied to uh, the water crisis. So, uh, Mabel, a little bit earlier, you did talk about uh, the unique challenges of the water crisis with the pandemic. So I'm going to turn to Doug now. Um, So, Doug, could you tell us a bit about uh, some of the challenges that you've had to overcome because of the pandemic with uh, H2O for Life? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's hard for me to talk about the challenges that we've faced as H2O for Life, knowing uh, the challenges that our young people in classrooms and our teachers uh, have been facing throughout. So I just want to acknowledge, you know, all of those heroes out there and the young people that are sticking it out and making the best of these situations is just amazing to to see. Um, you know, and we've done our best to try to to pivot um, the work and the offerings that we have as far as H2O for Life goes, and and move a lot of our products and a lot of our program online. Uh, we were lucky enough again. I mentioned the Water Guardians program uh, is an all online curriculum uh, that students can access from home, uh, you know, and teachers can do in classrooms and distance learning. Uh, either way, um, is really a nice uh, piece that we were able to to bring in. We also offered some uh, after school. Uh, activity books uh, for uh, parents to use with their young people. Uh, So even if you're not a professional educator, uh, but you are an at-home educator, uh, we have uh, pieces on H2O for Life and our website uh, that you can check out uh, as well for for that. But we've just really been um, just humbled by, you know, what we hear from our teachers. And when we have our teacher advisory board come together to talk about the the ways that we can better support them and the work that they do. Um, it's just, it, it's amazing to hear what they're going through and, and how we can help and doing what we can. Um, the other thing I would say that we, you know, one of the benefits, um, if you will, the silver lining to this cloud, um, we've gotten a much better at doing our in-classroom presentations online. Um, we have two amazing staff I mentioned earlier, um, Judy and Mitchell, uh, who have now done, you know, before we were kind of limited and to the Twin Cities metro area as to where we could do, you know, direct classroom reach. But now we've done, you know, classrooms as far away as Brazil, um, in California and Florida and New York and all over the country um, where we've been able to have our, our team come in and work with the young people uh, online and do the the program that way as well and support our teachers, uh, hopefully giving them a little break so they can uh, have a little time away from the classroom and the screen as well to rejuvenate and do do all the amazing things that they're doing. Yeah, Doug, this is Amy. Um, I just want to echo what you said. I mean, our teachers and our students are heroes and um, it's, I think, yeah, that silver lining of the pandemic has been how as nonprofits we've shifted and been able to hopefully offer a little reprieve for those teachers by providing those resources and engagement tools, um, in an online space. So, um, yeah, they're, they are the heroes and it is humbling. So thank you for sharing that. You know, as you were talking about, um, about, um, the teachers and students, I'm wondering, Steve, you work closely with 
with um, all of these folks. What does success look like, um, especially for, for our teachers and for our students and, and for the communities that, that you're serving? What is, what is success? What is success? Um, you know, for our many participating schools and students, it really can vary. Um, we certainly want every school in the United States and Canada and wherever else, honestly, to feel like they can participate in our program. Um, we have some schools who raise thousands and thousands of dollars each year for their projects. Um, and we, we actually have some that, that actually just really take pride in raising awareness in their communities, getting people talking about water, um, getting people looking at their daily habits and what they can change that will help in, in, in maybe just their own communities. Um, most fall somewhere in between, you know, these things. Uh, but we think the skies is kind of the limit when we provide our youth with, with the resources to learn about the issues, <laughs> take action. Um, I can't tell you how many, I'll say new to H2O for Life teachers have joined us and had some fundraising hesitancy because um, they, maybe they've never done it before. Um, and I always tell them, set the bar at a super comfortable level. I don't want to say set the bar low because we don't want to do that, but uh, we don't want teachers stressed out about being involved in our program either. Um, maybe just set a hundred or $200 fundraising goal for one of our projects, teach your, you know, educate your, your students about some of the issues, let them do some research um, but almost always these teachers are amazed by how their students step up and kind of blow their expectations right out of the water. Um, most of the time they raise way more than they expected. And, and then it's just time for them to celebrate their success. Um, and, and I actually, I consider all schools who kind of take the leap and, and use our resources, which are free to anybody who wants to use them, um, and, and kind of learn about these issues educate themselves, raise some awareness. And, um, and, and I think those are all in their own way, success stories. I love that. And I love, so often within the service, within service learning, when we think about taking action, um, we forget about philanthropy. Um, That's not always where like we go when we talk about it. So I appreciate that. I mean, that is a form of service. And so um, I love that, that connection back to the learning, um, the action makes a direct impact. You know, dollars are important. You know, we need dollars to do a lot of this work. So um, we have about a minute before we go to break. So how do schools get involved? Where should we send them? How do students get involved? It's super easy. Um, first, I'll say historically, H2O for Life has recruited schools by attending national conferences and conventions. That's been pretty out the window the last couple of years because of the pandemic. Um, but we're still reaching out and, and trying to recruit schools. Um, they can come to our website. They can browse through the projects that are in need of wash interventions, um, choose one or, or a, a couple. Um, but they can use our resources, get educated about the issues, um, set a fundraising goal, make a plan. And um, we find that often it's, it's enough simply to introduce the youth, our students here, about the issues 
kind of let them know what the opportunity is to take action and let them run with it. And, and we find that they, that they really do amazing things. That's usually how it works, right? <laughs> let, Absolutely. Let the youth do it. We do have to take one last short break. And then when we come back, we'll hear some final reflections from today's guests. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. So we just have a few minutes left together. And so I really do want to get some reflections from each of you. So Steve, I'm going to start with you. Um, What would you say to teachers about the importance of service learning experiences like um, what H2O for Life offers? What do you you want them to know? Um, You know, I think the teachers realize how important it is to incorporate service learning in their classrooms. not to mention the academic learning that's happening, but in addition, these students are developing leadership and communication skills, a sense of social responsibility, the ability to apply what they have learned in real world, real world situations. Um, and we, you know, we also believe, and I think it's been proven that, that providing youth the opportunity to make a difference for others at a young age leads to a lifetime of helping others. Um, another thing that I was going to quickly mention um, about our program is, is a couple of years ago, we started a, a new program, our mini grant program, where students can apply for up to a $500 grant as a kind of a Kickstarter to their project. Um, and it's been super successful. Uh, we, we were kind of running into a situation where we were finding lots of, of youth groups who wanted to get involved um, and they didn't know how to get started. Um, they had great ideas, but they needed some help um, and a little extra money um, to, to put their plan in motion has, has proved to be super successful. We had a small group of middle schoolers uh, in Minnesota that applied and their idea was to start a dog biscuit fundraiser. Well, these students, they were in charge of, of everything, the planning, in, including creating a budget, gathering the ingredients and supplies, making and rolling dough, using 
cookie cutters to cut them into cute little shapes um, and baking the biscuits. And then they sold these to staff at school, friends, family. And, um, you know, these students, they basically created their own small business. Um, and that, that just can go a long ways um, towards, towards just, just helping them, you know, just what a great lifetime skill for them to have. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Steve. This is Lucy here. I'm co-hosting with Amy. And Steve, I really loved how you talked about, it's really inspiring to hear as a youth how making a difference at a young age can lead to, as you said, a lifetime of helping others. So now I'm going to turn to Mabel uh, from Sisters for Water. And Mabel, if you could share with people one thing that you have taken away from your experience, what would it be? Well, a thing that I think is really important to, you know, keep saying, people have said this before, but it's true that there's a cycle of kindness. Energy begets energy. It takes one person to start a whole movement. It's come with so many uh, things in the past. It's just taken one person in order to inspire all these different people. So the the work that H2O for Life started inspired me and my sister and my family. Um, That is thank you to you, Amy, Lucy, Steve, Doug, and Patty Hall, who started this, this whole chain reaction and inspired us and it helps others around the world. And my friends are even interested in helping me and my sister um, on on our sales, on our stands. And it, it really, like Amy said earlier, it's inspiring and motivating to do more in the world because once you start something, it's always going to keep going with, even if you're not hands-on and helping each other creates this community. And it's, it's really taught me how much people can do when they set their hearts on a passion and their goal. Thank you so much for sharing that, Mabel. Um, I love cycle of kindness. Can I steal that? Can I use that? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so, Doug, I wanna I wanna turn to you. You've been doing this this work for a long time. You're you, you like to say you're new to H two O, but you've been doing. Um, work in water for a long time. What's your reflection? What would you like our our educators, our students listening? What do you want them to know? Well, honestly, Amy, I'm going to take the words out of your mouth. And, you know, I literally, as Mabel was speaking, you know, cross out a few points on my notes and wrote cycle of kindness. I just think that's such an amazing way to think about uh, how we operate in the work that we do. Um, but I think, you know, for me personally, um, I didn't mention this earlier, but both my parents were public school teachers in St. Paul growing up. And uh, as you mentioned, I've been working in the nonprofit water sector for, for a long time on more of the advocacy and place-based protection uh, work. And I just feel personally so lucky uh, to be able to take both sides of that, the, the youth work and the advocacy and the direct impact action that we're able to do and to have found a place like H2O for Life that is offering such an amazing opportunity uh, to do both of those things um, is just just, um, just so awesome. Um, you know, I think when we talk to a lot of people that they're really interested in, you know, the work that we do, either they're really interested in the young people and the education side of it, 
and the inspiration and making the, you know, the leaders of tomorrow uh, and things like that, or they're really interested in helping around the world and the work that we do, um, you know, through our direct impact and implementation and wash projects. Um, and it's just such an amazing way that we have both. You know, there's a lot of different organizations out there that you can give $10, 15, 20 bucks to, and they're going to do amazing work uh, creating, implementing WASH projects around the world. You know, we're the one organization out there that you give us 10 bucks and we're going to turn to Mabel, turn to these schools that are making dog biscuits and fishing lures and things like that. And they're going to take that $10 and they're going to turn it into a hundred, a thousand, and, you know, millions of dollars in their lifetime. Uh, of advocacy for the issues that matter most uh, to them and to us and, and to everybody else. And that is so powerful um, to see and to be a part of and to just reflect on uh, and to have that opportunity and to be able to talk to people about it and learn more uh, from NYLC and the great work that you all are doing as well. So thank you, Amy, uh, so much. And yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. It's been so amazing to hear about how we can turn the effects and the lack um, of access to uh, the water cycle into the cycle for kindness that you guys have been talking about. So Mabel, Doug, Steve, I want to thank you for being on the show. The work that you guys are doing is so powerful. Water is so important and something many of us take for granted. As a Southern Californian myself, my eyes have definitely been open throughout our conversation. I'm encouraged and inspired, and inspired to watch my water consumption and learn more about the global water crisis and what I can do to help beyond monitoring my shower singing time. <laughs> I think we're all guilty of that, Lucy. I also just want to thank you guys for being on the show. Mabel, um, your work, your passion, um, your journey was so inspiring. Thank you for the difference that you're making in the lives of so many people around the world. And Doug and Steve, um, thank you for your partnership. Thank you for the work that you're doing um, to empower young people to make such positive change in the world. You guys, you got to connect with H2O for Life. Um, their website is h2oforlifeschools.org. Um, or just e you can also email info at nylc.org. I will make sure you get connected. So again, h2oforlifeschools.org. If you're an educator and you want to learn more about how to get started in service learning, visit our website at nylc.org, download your free copy of our newly revised and updated Getting Started in Service Learning. A huge shout out to the Allstate Foundation for their support of service learning and the release of the book, which again is free. So check it out, download it, use it, begin your journey today. Um, Lucy, I think you're going to introduce next week's guest, aren't you? I am, Amy. So next week, we are going to have another incredible, inspiring show for you guys. Uh, we will be speaking with the youth, youth leaders from Peace First, who believe that young people can change the world through courage, collaboration, and compassion. So mark your calendars for Thursdays at 6 o'clock Eastern Time. And until next week, join us as we serve, learn, change the world. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world. 
Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world.